one thing I've always been is very stubborn. So when it's come to something I've wanted, I put my head down and I go. And if I have to bash my head through or against several brick walls, then I will do it. Like that's how I've been in school with, you know, playing sports, making provincial teams. That's how I've been with my grades. I want to move to Canada. And, you know, I did that. I want to work on an Oscar nominated film or winning film. I did that. You know, I want to go full time. I did that. So basically, I just have to say I want to and then want to do it enough to get it done. So. Hello, friends, and welcome to Humans of Magic, the show that gets up deep and personal with your favorite Magic the Gathering personalities. I'm your host, James Sue. You are listening to episode 95 with Alias V. Alias V is a content creator, commentator, and self-proclaimed crazy cat lady of magic. She is also one half of the Elder Dragon Hijinks Commander series on YouTube, alongside her co-host, Olivia Gobert-Hicks. A few quick words before we start. You can support Humans of Magic in the following ways. Listen to the backlog of podcasts. Humansofmagic.com is where you can find everything. We're also featured on StarCityGames.com. If you want to follow us on social media, we can be found at Humans of Magic on Twitter and the same name, Humans of Magic, on Instagram. Last but not least, if you want to support the show in an extra way, please visit patreon.com slash humansofmagic where you can get access to an exclusive Discord and some other perks. The phenomenal music you hear in this episode and every episode of Humans of Magic is supplied by Kupla. That's spelled K-U-P-L-A. Kupla is an absolutely fantastic musician. He's a magic player and you can find all of his music on all the streaming platforms, including Spotify and SoundCloud. Definitely give him a follow on Twitter as well, Kupla Sound, and uh, tell him Humans of Magic said hi. Alias V, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, thank you, James. How are you? Not bad, all things considered. I am currently <laughs> in, I don't even know if this is relevant for a lot of listeners, but I'm currently in day 34 of a citywide lockdown so uh that has been very interesting but not very relatable to anyone in north america i guess so yeah because yeah I've, I've been keeping an eye on what's happening over there and it's not sounding fun so i hope you're staying safe and fed and hydrated and healthy yes yeah the all <laughs> the alternate response is i'm doing good <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually I'm actually mostly doing good like seriously it's just it's just interesting that it's kind of human nature right like you get you get you get used to stuff I, I don't know actually I don't know how it was like for you when when COVID hit North America it wasn't fun I will say that um <laughs> it was actually kind of a can I swear <laughs> it's you can do anything you want it's not a kid's show okay Okay, cool. Uh, it was actually a pretty shitty period of time because when COVID and lockdown and everything hit, my plans to firstly go see my family in the UK were harpooned. And then a second trip of my parents coming out here was also harpooned. So 
yeah, it was just pretty miserable, like being locked down and not being able to see family and stuff and got the old depression and anxiety and all that stuff and tried to eat away my sorrows. So it was pretty rough. I'm not going to lie, um, but doing a lot better now, thankfully. Yeah, I think there's something about. I'm going to guess that even though you're a streamer, like a lot of streamers or content people that I talk to are actually more on the introverted side, despite being very public. And so there's this sort of misconception that introverted people can just stay at home all day and they never have to have social or family interactions. And that's just totally false. Like I, I certainly felt it in the past, past month. Like it's just, you know, I still need to see somebody. I mean, thankfully I have a partner at home and I have the two cats, but it's still nice to see somebody or just to feel like you have the option to do so if you if you want yeah, to take that definitely. option. Yeah. yeah, definitely. I mean, for sure. Like, I'm definitely an introvert. I can happily stay at home for days on end and not miss anything. You know, a lot of people were joking like, oh, this is lockdown. No, this just feels like my normal life, you know, whereas all the other social individuals, the extroverts, they're all going crazy, baking bread and learning new hobbies just to try and stay sane and we just kind of carried on like normal, but yeah, like you don't realize how much you actually need other interaction, other people until you're stuck in the same place for however long. Yeah. But the good news is that you saw your folks recently, right? For the first yeah. time in, in a long time, maybe you can yeah. tell me about um, that, how that experience was. No, no, it was, it was great. Like, so their trip that was canceled, uh, they had to try and use their tickets or their remaining visa time to go see my sisters in the UK because the UK is really stupid with how they do their visas. Um, So as soon as they could, they basically booked their flights, uh, spent a week in the UK with my two sisters and their kids. And then they came to us for, I think it was two weeks and then back to them for another week. So yeah, it was great. It was good to see them. I hadn't seen my dad in five years, hadn't seen my mom in three. So it was just it was needed. You know, it's a good old recharge of the batteries and just the longest hug I could possibly muster they got. So <laughs> just uh, storing it up for the next time, you know, until next time. <laughs> I'm really happy to hear that. For me, it's, I guess, since COVID hit, like I was in Canada, yeah. I was in Vancouver. I think it was February or March of 2020. And I haven't mm-hmm. seen them since then. So, I mean, I talked to them on Skype and my mom still uses Skype and uh, yeah. I call my dad and it's, but yeah, it's, it's long, it's long overdue. It's, it's kind of mm-hmm. challenging just because in China, there's not really, you could do it, but then China has this mandatory two week quarantine for anyone that comes back into the country, whether you're vaxxed mm-hmm. or not, whether you're, doesn't matter. Like, it's just, you have to go into a hotel and just, just live in there. But you know, now with the lockdown, I'm kind of, I'm just thinking I'm just going to bite the bullet this year and probably just do it because it's just yeah been way too long. Like it's just, you know, um, time goes by and you just, you just, you just have to, you just have to do it. Right. So. Yeah. Got to take care of your sanity and your emotional well-being too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. This has been a really long time since we first chatted. I guess we've been sort of like back and forth on messaging, but you're now in, Canada and I remember you or I should say you're now in Calgary or Alberta for people who are not familiar with Canada but before you were (laughs) not so maybe what what happened like just give me the whole catch-up about like where you were so since we spoke last thing was about three years ago now the last three years just feels like a a blur Um, it's like 30 years we decided 
<laughs> we decided that we wanted to get somewhere with a bit more space because we were living in like a 600 foot bath, well, not a bachelor, a one bed and den. So, you know, it was fine, but like we didn't really have enough space to not get on each other's nerves with lockdown yep. uh, because I, I was working from home or I was working for myself uh, at that point. So, you know, not going to the office or anything like that. So we decided, okay, well, we don't have to be in Toronto anymore. Let's go and have a look at somewhere, I don't know, Niagara, for example. And we found a place there that was the same-ish price as what we were paying in Toronto, but like four times the size. <laughs> you know, so we went from a one-bed and den to a four-bed, three-bath place that you know we could set up our own offices, our own studies, whatever, and have lots of space. The cats had more room. The, yeah, the one dog bed for each there. cat if you wanted to. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they get out of each other's hair. So yeah, it was awesome. You know, just, just to get a bit more breathing room, I guess. Um, so we moved out there and then um, stayed there for a year and a half or two, maybe. But we got to the point where we we're like, you know, it'd be nice to not pay rent because mortgage repayments are a lot lower than rent. <laughs> so we, uh, we decided, screw it, let's, let's try and find a place to buy. And buying in Ontario is just a bad idea because the property prices there are ridiculous. And we uh, were looking at options where it wasn't so bad. And Alberta came up. We checked out Edmonton. We checked out Calgary. And the thing that swung it, I think, uh, for us in Calgary is that it's quite close to the mountains, which I love. I love driving through mountains and going and looking at scenery and pretty things. And also we had two friends there who'd moved from South Africa as well like a year or two before us. So yeah, we we're like, okay, this seems good. Let's find a place there and uh, just bite the bullet and drive three or four days across Canada to move there with our dog in tow. <laughs> Was it hard to finalize the house and all the transactional things when you were not physically oh in Alberta, uh, Alberta Calgary? Yeah, I would imagine. <laughs> it's such a pain in the butt. Like my husband flew out to Calgary a couple times to go look at places first and foremost. And then once we found a place, we made an offer on something sight unseen uh, based off of plans and pictures we'd seen. And he then flew in again to uh, do all the paperwork and the walkthroughs and the here, these are all the things you need to know and whatnot. So yeah, <laughs> it was kind of a, a fun process, but thankfully my husband's really good at handling paperwork and stuff, albeit against his will. But yeah I, yeah, I can't do that stuff. So he does. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys are a team. So that's that's really good. Yeah. Um, I actually don't, I haven't been keeping up with the Calgary real estate market for a while. Like I, one of my best friends moved back to Vancouver from Calgary like decade over a decade ago. So even before I moved to China, which was like a decade ago, he was already back in Vancouver. But I, I don't know, is the Calgary market like, has it really, has it cooled down? Because I remember it was like really, really high up there like 15 20 years ago yeah i mean compared to what prices are doing everywhere else like calgary is the slowest to bump up its prices like the rest of the country's been doing so it's not it's now starting to go up i mean while we had an offer in on our place they bumped up the prices of similar you know developments and they were we we're like no 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 we we have an offer in we're not paying extra now <laughs> well the 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 agent that uh, helped us with that was pretty cool so kept the pricing where it was but yeah it's slowly starting to go up yeah so yeah. we got in at a good time i think <laughs> i'm very happy for you guys really happy for you that 
you're homeowners now. That's 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 great. Yeah. You're paying. Um, you're not paying rent. You're paying for ownership. Yeah. That's uh, that's fantastic. And uh, are you? Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> it, it, is the is the house going to become or is a project or is it mostly like all there and it's it's just it's just, it's good. You know, you don't have to. Oh to yeah, no, a it's a, it was it was a brand new development because trying to get a existing house that goes up on the market is almost impossible when you're not living in the province. So we tried a couple of times, you know, we tried to look at a bunch of, you know, older houses, like 10, 20 years old. And these places, they just go like hotcakes. It's up for not even 10 minutes on the portals that you would look at through a yeah. real estate agent. And there's offers in on it already. It's like, we can't compete with that. Cause, and right. then they offer over asking. So it was just like, nah. So we just, uh, we had our, we did our own dig in and found, um, what do you call them? Uh, like ready to purchase places through the builders themselves. And then, yep. yeah, managed to get one like that. <laughs> that that's, that's resourceful. I, I love that. Yeah. Cause I've been hearing even in Canada, I, I, again, I can't speak for Calgary, but in Vancouver, at least it's like, you know, you have people still doing cash offers and it's very hard to cash offers over asking. It's very hard to compete with mm. that. Maybe it's cooled down in Vancouver as well since like a year or two I've, ago. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's rough. And what's some, is there anything about Calgary itself that you, that you've been pleasantly surprised by just, you know, being there now as opposed to being in Toronto? I feel a lot more relaxed there or here, I should say. Um, which is a pleasant change. Uh, you know, the, the city itself is quite widespread as opposed to Toronto, which is all built up. You know, so it's a lot more pleasant just driving around and exploring. Um, seeing the mountains from, you know, your window is freaking cool. Being able to just drive an hour out to them is, is great. Um, and yeah, we haven't really experienced the Chinooks yet. Those warm winds that come over and it's just like, oh, it's so lovely today. And then the next day you get like 20 centimeters of snow. So the weather's a little um, temperamental, we'll put it that way. But, you know, it's Canada. So that doesn't surprise <laughs> me. <laughs> I have to also imagine this environment and bigger house is uh, just good for the little one that's on the way, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. That was one of the other um, inciting events, I would say, to getting this sorted out and done because I said to, I said to my husband, I'm like, I am not moving with a newborn. We're doing this now. Yes. <laughs> so he was like, okay, right. Got to find a house. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good, um, how shall I say catalyst for, for yes, these good events. Definitely. Yes. Yes. It's like, Oh, yeah. you think you have time? No, no, no. Tempest Fugit. you got to do things now. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you're three months away from from uh, yeah. the big event. Is that right? Okay. Yeah. End yeah. of, well, supposedly end of August. We'll see if uh, our kiddo is early or late. Yeah. <laughs> or if he's a wizard, arrives exactly when he's meant to. We'll see. Okay. So it, it's a he? You guys have done the, the gender? Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah, okay. it's a little boy. Because I, I was couldn't sure. not yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was just wondering. I'm not a parent, but I was wondering if people actually try to keep things a surprise like maybe one percent of the population might want to do that I, I have no idea i mean for some people they enjoy the thrill or the what's it going to be what's it going to be but i need to know you know like if i have a present under the christmas tree i want to know what it is as soon as i can kind of thing right yeah so <laughs> and also it makes it makes buying things easier and name arguments a lot easier too 
Oh, okay. So you guys already had the name arguments and you've landed on a name? Oh, no, we haven't landed on one. We're still arguing. <laughs> <laughs> At least it makes it a little bit easier. You don't have to worry about the gender and then the name. You just worry about yeah, the yeah. name, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Just okay. Find a masculine name and go with it, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So that must be exciting. I mean, uh, congratulations again, because I know I, you, you. You, were, you were public with it. So I assume it's fair game yeah. to talk about it. And yeah. what have you... You strike me as someone who plans ahead because you just strike me as someone <laughs> who plans ahead. So what what what's going to happen when Little One comes out? Like in terms of the content, in terms of the the streaming or all that stuff. Did you have, do you have a master plan in mind? Well, I have a plan, but uh, as with all plans in life, um, life is what happens while you're making plans. So. We'll see if kiddo agrees or acquiesces to my requests. <laughs> Knowing small children, though, probably not. But, you know, the the, the ideal plan would be uh, leading up to D-Day, taking time off, you know, cutting down on streaming. I'm hoping to have a whole backlog of games for my YouTube show um, lined up so and yeah. ready to be scheduled or ready to be uh, viewed on YouTube so that I don't have to worry about any of that. So hopefully that'll all be done by the time. And then depending how long it takes me to recover and get back in the proverbial saddle, um, yeah, I'm hoping like, I don't know, six weeks after, eight weeks, I don't know, we'll see. I don't really have a maternity leave working for myself. So if I'm yeah. not working, I'm not earning any money. So <laughs> that is in the back of my mind. But um, thankfully my husband uh, has attained the role of house spouse, stay-at-home dad. So he'll be... He'll be handling a lot of, you know, the, the, the early weeks as I try and get back into the swing of things and, you know, back streaming and content creation and commentary as well. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that's, that's good because uh, I think COVID and just the world in general has sort of changed our ideals or ideas about how people work and also how people mm. <sighs> deal with it sounds really bad but how people cope sounds even worse but how people deal with um having children while being working adults so i feel like your you and your partner's lifestyle is probably the most conducive to having children to be honest because it's not yeah. like you have to take time off of work not that i mean there's a lot of employers that probably let you just work from home anyways now but yeah. uh mm -hmm. it, there, there's some silver linings right so yeah, for sure. Like we're pretty fortunate in that, you know, I am the I bring home the bacon and my husband cooks it. That's the joke I make pretty much, you know. Like we're we're in a very fortunate situation where he doesn't have to work if he doesn't want to and with uh, our son arriving soon, um we both kind of agreed like it would be great if we could raise him and not have to rely on nannies or daycares or anything to that degree at least for however long. You know, things may change. We'll see what happens down the line. Yeah. But yeah, I think the first first year or whatever, just being able to spend it together with him is going to be like, yeah, I think that's something you can get back. How, how have you found the whole, like just developing your parenting or to be parenting principles? <laughs> because I often find, even though, again, I'm not a parent, I often find that when I, when I have friends or I think about what I would do in the future, it's like you end up adopting certain principles that your parents had for mm -hmm. you. 
And I'm just wondering how much of a pull that has on how you plan to take things forward, if any. <laughs> well, I think any soon-to-be parent thinks that they're going to be infallible and do it all perfectly and look at other people's kids and be like, oh, I'm never going to do that. You know, like we all have I'm these better than that ideas. or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, everyone has these machinations of what kind of parent they'll be. And like my main objective, this is actually like the number one thing on a bucket list I made recently is to raise a decent human being. <laughs> so, you know, between myself and my husband, we've both got two great sets of parents and you know, we'll, we'll adopt a few things they did, but there's also things that we need to update for, you know, the modern age and whatnot. So yeah, we'll find our own way. We'll try and do the best job we can. We're not going to be perfect. I know that, but yeah, it's going to be an adventure. And, you know, as long as we stick it out together and figure things out and <laughs> don't, you know, lose our minds, we'll be fine. <laughs> Due to I, lack of sleep and cats crying because they haven't been fed in three days. <laughs> no, our cats will be fed. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, that is actually something because I, I, I mean, how the pets and the show kids thing is just something that I'm super fascinated by, even though I've not lived <laughs> through it. Because I also have friends who, like, you know, obviously pet owners before kids, and the pets just sort of feel like they're second fiddle and they they kind of have to be. But like, are are your are your lovely cats and dog prepared for that eventuality? You think? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I have, have no idea. I'm curious. Them? Oh, no, I'm just <laughs> Yeah, no, it's like, so, I, I mean, I have spoken to them. I, I talk to them as if they understand what the heck I'm saying. Because, of course, pet owners are crazy. Uh, you know, I ask them, like, are you ready to meet your hairless new friend? And the dog just kind of cocks her head at me. And it's like, what? I have no idea what the words are that just came out of your mouth. Um <laughs> But yeah, you know, we'll do the we'll do the slow introduction. It's kind of like introducing a new pet to the household, right? Yeah. You do it slowly. You get the sense. Well, obviously, the kid doesn't need to smell the cats, but the cats need to get used to his scent and come and check him out and whatnot. So, yeah, that's another thing. We'll just play by ear and see. I'm, I'm hoping they're not aggressive, but I don't think they will be. Because if there were to be a choice between a cat and a baby, pretty sure the baby's going to win pretty sure yeah. <laughs> yeah what's the what's the current pecking order of the the four pets in your household like is there a queen or a king is like because i they're pretty territorial but they have to figure out a yeah way. yeah yeah i mean our youngest cat whisper we rescued her uh, about two or three years ago it's three years ago now i think now she is a bit of a bully so she likes to get her own way and chases the boys uh, the two older cats they're about 10 years old now so you know they're they're seniors at this point. Um, Gremlin likes to think he's in charge, but Whisper kind of bullies him and tests that a little. Uh, Riot likes to bully Oogie, which is the dog. So the dog is definitely on the lower, the lower rungs of the pecking order here. Like she, she's got no pull over the cats, not at all. So she tries <laughs> to avoid them, but sometimes they'll get cute and cuddle against each other, and the dog is just kind of staring like. Okay, what's going on? The cat's right. lying by me. Don't make any sudden movements, and then they're fine. <laughs> yeah, so it's actually the young upstart that's really the trying to assert dominance to use a yeah yeah magic. She's, term she's definitely the the little miss of the house. <laughs> very very cool. So 
you know, what you told me about, you know, having content advances, it just mean that you're going to have like three years of Elder Dragon hijinks. Just you're, you're just doing like three episodes a day and just like you'll, you'll have like five years <laughs> oh, queued no. up or something. So listen, I love magic, but I cannot play more than two games of Commander in a day. My head will hate me forever. <laughs> That's a shocker. I can't believe you're admitting this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I mean, <laughs> I could probably, but the way that we do the show, I'm. I'm essentially producing it live. Yeah. So, you know, I'm doing all the movements while people are doing their turns and bringing up the cards while people are doing their turns. I'm keeping an eye on everything. So I'm basically multitasking, like I'm performing two roles as a player and a host and as, I don't know, director, I guess. Uh, so it takes a lot of brain power and energy <laughs> just to keep track of everything that's going on. Yeah. So if I was just playing, you know, maybe I could do three or more, but yeah, at the same time. You know, quality over quantity. <laughs> okay, so it's it's a pretty, it's a pretty like, how how do I say it? Like, it's a pretty involved production. Like, your brain yeah. is. Are are you like super tired after doing one? Do you have to go take yes. a nap or? Okay. Well, in general, uh, you know, since we found out what we're expecting, um, I have been very tired all the time. That's why I, I'm hardly streaming as much. Yeah. You know, I used to be able to do like eight to 12 hour streams. I get to six if I'm lucky and I'm like, I'm going to go have a nap Yeah. because that's all I want to do most days is just go nap and I can't have caffeine either. So it's like, no, yeah. what have you done to me, child? <laughs> you still have so, stamina. Yeah, tired though. all the time is. Yeah. Hey? Tired, tired all the time. No, I was just going to say you, you still have stamina because I, I didn't watch it live, but the, the stream you had earlier this week, like you, I think it was seven hours if I looked at the, yeah. the VOD. It was about six or seven hours. I was, I was having a great time. You know, new sets always, you know, get the bee in the bonnet again and revitalize just content creators a little bit. So, yeah, that that is nice. Yeah. So tell me about, tell me more about Elder Dragon Hijinks. It's a hot show. It seems like a lot of people <laughs> are talking about it. You and Olivia do a fantastic job. So, like, tell me a bit about the the origin story of that. <laughs> um. Yeah, so... I wanted to make another Commander show. Uh, I I did Cause for Commander. We only got the three episodes out of the five because I think I overcomplicated it a little bit. You know, I gave myself and the editors that I hired to help me too much to do in time to get it out at the time that made sense. Where it got to the point where I was just like, okay, this is taking forever. I, I'm just going to just going to leave it there. I'm going to abandon that idea and think of a better way to do this kind of show, you know, where it's what, just what, whole, what do you, you what do you mean by that? Like just, just in terms of the timing, I didn't quite get Oh, that. okay. So technical stuff. So I wanted to get like the most perfect picture and the most perfect audio. So I had everyone calling into OBS Ninja link and then we were recording in 4k. So that's each square was basically 1080. So it'd be zoomed in. It would look, pretty much like you would expect a, a spell table game to look nowadays, but we didn't use spell tables. So every time someone lost life, like we had to keep track of it and update the little, uh, the little text thingy there. Uh, we had like sound effects and little animations as well. Um, it was not, there was no movement or anything. So we had to do all of that in post too. There were like so many tracks and just the different tracks of audio. It just got a little overwhelming. So I was like, okay, how do I simplify the next one? Because let's do that. <laughs> uh, 
so that's what we tried for Elder Dragon hijinks. Um, I, I know I wanted to make some more content. Um, I knew that Twitch wasn't going to be, I don't want to say sustainable, but it certainly wasn't earning as much as I needed to, you know, pay all the bills and stuff. So I was like, okay, let's, let's venture into YouTube a little bit more. Let's do it consistently and let's see what happens. So I messaged Olivia, I think at the end of last year, and I was like, hi, uh, I know we haven't really like done a lot of stuff together, but I think you're awesome, which she is. And uh, I want to make the show. You want to you wanna co-host it with me? Play a bunch of cool magic with cool people and stuff? And she was like, hell yeah, you know, emphatically. So That's a very good Olivia impression, by the way. That's, that's spot <laughs> Thank on. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm starting to pick up her mannerisms. So she's, she has infected me, but I'm cool with that because she's awesome. Um, yeah, and then just find a time each week, grab some cool people, play some casual magic, and then stick it on the internet and people seem to like it. So it's great. <laughs> yeah. So I want to just go back a bit and unpack what you said earlier, which is like the the pre-Elder Dragon hijinks show was like very high production value, right? You wanted to make it yeah. essentially perfect. Like where does that where does that come from? Is it just kind of how you are with like productions or because I remember yeah, talking so the first time with you and you had you have quite the sort of background in that, right? Or before magic even. <laughs> Yeah, so so my previous career, uh, I was a VFX editor. I was also a editor, editor. There's a difference between the two. Um, and also like a director, scriptwriter. And I'm also a little bit of a perfectionist slash obsessive, compulsive. You know, I, I have to make things right. They've got to be right or it's not going out. I can't send something out into the world knowing that there's a problem with it. So, yeah. You can't have a blemish <laughs> or of any kind, no. basically. No blemishes, no blemishes. So it's it takes a little, it, ta it takes quite a bit for me to uh, relinquish control of something to someone else, you know, like hiring another editor to do everything on a show. So like for the time being, I'm, I'm making baby steps. I'll hire them to do like the rough cut for me, you know, just cut out all the dead air, send it back to me, and then I'll do the polish basically. Uh, because then I know it's right. It's fine. And if there's anything wrong with it afterwards, it's my stupid fault. And I must just deal with it kind of thing. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, that's just how I've always been. Um, if you're going to do something, do it right. Yeah. Second best is not good enough. That might also make it challenging just having a, a co-host, like nothing against you or nothing against Olivia. But I'm just thinking in general, like if you're producing a show together, obviously you're two people and you have your ideas and she has her ideas. So how has that been able to work for you has it is it still a process is it is it like you guys just get along so it's it's peachy or how how, how is that <laughs> well we get along swimmingly which is great you know but olivia is very chill very relaxed you know um she has great ideas too so i'm always open to try whatever she wants to like we're also still in the phase of figuring out okay what do we want to do to make this better because we look at the other commander shows on youtube and we're like okay how do we beat them? Look at you, Game Nights. That won't happen for very, very many years and probably will never, ever, ever happen just because the production quality and the team behind that are superb. So, you know, but we, we can steal little bits of ideas from them and put our own spin on it and hopefully people like it. But yeah, you know, working with Olivia has been great, like super chilled, relaxed. You know, it's fun. It's just, 
it's a joy each week to play games with her and our guests. And I've told her every time, like I, I'm editing an episode, I'm just laughing and smiling the whole way through. It's just, it just feels good, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 very organic from what I've seen of the episodes. Like it's it's not, uh, you know, from I think we were talking about this a bit before recording, but none of the commander shows really try to script anything not even game nights it's just like have good people have a good time and generally good people just takes care of it right so you're not gonna yeah i I don't know i don't know if you have any like terrible recording sessions i maybe we don't (laughs) need to get into that but uh i don't know maybe you could do a bloopers or outtakes episode at some point who knows you know no i can honestly say we have not had a bad episode i (laughs) i'm quite bad with it i keep i keep making each episode each week i'm like this is my new favorite what about the last one that you say with your favorite? No, this one's my new favorite. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we've been really lucky so far. Yeah. It's also cool because uh, at least, because I only have this podcast, but I, th- I think for a lot of creators or creatives, it's like once you start making something, that's when you start to see other things in a new light. It's like before I started podcasting, I never really thought about, okay, here's how this podcast does this. They do the intro, outro, they do the, these transitions this way. I imagine you probably did the same when you started streaming, like you studied how the, the masters did it or, uh, you know, your mentor uh, did it and things like that. And I assume for commander videos, it's also the same, right? You start to pick up these little details that like the layman or the lay person just has no idea. Is that, is that true? I'm just wondering. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if you ever want to make something, like the first thing to know, which we were taught in film school, is that there are no new ideas under the sun. Anything that you could possibly want to do has been done already. So do your research, go see how the others have done it, and then try and put a spin on it to make it at least feel unique and yours. Um, so I definitely went and had a look at uh, game nights. They were a big, big inspiration for us. Um, you know, Commander's Quarters, I could you know, MTG Mazda, going and have a look at all of these different videos and how they're presented. And the one thing that I definitely wanted to do was have more of a focus on the players themselves because I love seeing people's reactions when you're playing cards. You know, when you when you play a big Emrakul off the top of the library or something, you're like, oh, you, know, you want that reaction because that's, that's where the emotional investment is. And that's, you know, something that I brought from my film side of things. So I definitely wanted to have the face cams on the players and, you know, to put a face behind the hands or the the game that's being played. And yeah, so I I tried to incorporate that as best as I could. We're not in a studio. It's not like game nights where we have everyone there. So we had to just try and figure out the best way to do it. And that was just with two cameras set up. So one for your face, one for your game, and then go ham. (laughs) Yeah. And and also I'm wondering... I mean, that's one thing that I think you guys aspire to do well and you are doing well. Are there other things that you, you think like maybe in the longer term, it will really help you differentiate the content or is it, is it just like having good people or, or like that, that's enough? There's always room for improvement. Uh, there's a bunch of stuff that I think that I can do better or spend more time on. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of... I hate using this phrase, but at the moment, the show is a little bit like turn and churn. So get it recorded, get it edited, get it up. So I don't give myself all that much time to do you know, a couple of nice little tweaks or little funny things here and there, chuck in a meme or a clip of something else or a reference, you know? So that's one thing I, I want to look at 
doing is just giving myself a bit more lead time so I can actually enjoy the process a bit more and not just try and get through it as fast as I can. Um, in terms of differentiating ourselves from, from others, like, I don't know. I still have to think on that because I don't want to, I don't want to end up as like a carbon copy of game nights, for example, but I still want to put out the best show I possibly can. So yeah, we'll just see what little niceties we can add in along the line. And when my brain is not porridge brain as it is at the moment, I'm hoping <laughs> I'll have some other ideas spark. <laughs> well, you know, I know I've been sort of like asking about these kind of things, but overall, like for to put it in perspective, it's been a fantastically successful series. You guys have been able to do so much and get so much traction in so short time span. And it's just, I'm just really happy for you guys. Like, it just seems like, at least when I watch the videos, like you and Olivia seem to really enjoy it. Like, I, I don't have a sense that you guys don't secretly don't enjoy it or anything like that. Like, it's just, <laughs> it just feels like it's a fun production. It's obviously a lot of work, but I'm just very happy for, for the both of you. Oh, basically. thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's, it's really been great. I'm, I'm glad that people are enjoying the show and that we're seeing growth. And, you know, I'm just very grateful as well to everyone who's given us input and, you know, told us their trade secrets, basically. Uh, you know, Josh from Game Nights has been great. Um, Marshall Sutcliffe, who's got his um, wristwatch revival. Sh uh, oh, yeah. That's channel. a huge channel. Like that thing is I just insane. saw the other day. That his, I was uh, like, what? He just exploded. And that's so freaking cool. I'm like, okay, what did you do? And how do I copy you? <laughs> yeah. Like, maybe you'll have everybody play Commander and then we'll just zoom in on their watches or something. <laughs> I have a spe special Marshall episode where he shows up with four wristwatches and gives one to yeah. everybody. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, just put, we'll have those as the prizes for whoever wins. <laughs> I mean, uh, that. So I know this is a little bit tangential, but just the wristwatch revival channel, just for me, it's kind of like, wow, the world is really freaking big. Like, it's no offense to him. I think it's really good because he's managed to find a niche category. And just mm -hmm. find this incredible viewership engagement and just like, I mean, I, I think I, I think the other day I was talking to somebody who actually didn't know anything about magic, but knows about Marshall's channel. And, yeah. and it's just it's just really incredible. Like it, I, I'm just thinking about that in the, in the context of like, is there some sort of room to make even more niche magic content that can still find viewership? You think? I don't know. Like if. if I don't know if you ever thought about that or it's just like, let's just go commander because it's the most popular format uh, <laughs> de facto in magic. Well, yeah, you know, before I did the commander stuff, I was doing, well, at least trying to do a standard video every day. Yep. And the viewership I'd get on that was, you know, diddly squat compared to what the shows are doing currently. Like I was, if I'm lucky, getting 2000 views on a video, whereas mm. each of these commander videos so far have gone 20, plus. Yeah, 20, yeah. 30. Yeah. You know, they're... And I'm hoping they'll continue growing because uh, that would be super nice. Mm. So, yeah, you know, Commander is definitely one of the most popular. People really, really like tabletop. They don't like digital magic as much as seeing big, the real physical shocker, thing. Yeah. At least that's, that's what I found. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, in terms of a niche thing for magic, yeah, sure, maybe. But magic in and of itself isn't as well known as example for as isn't as well known as a pocket watch. Everybody knows about pocket watches. 
So you're going to have people who are interested in that kind of thing, you know, the fiddling and the just dissecting and the taking apart and putting back together. But yeah, if you had to quiz 10 people on the street, like, do you know Magic the Gathering? I think you'll be lucky if you get one. Like, it's a big game. It's a really, really big game. But we're like a small community of a small community in a much bigger pond. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's probably larger than 10% if you ask, because you can just show them your your tattoo and then they'll be like, yeah, I, I've seen that, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've actually had a couple of like uh, TSA agents be like, oh, Magic, cool. What's your favorite deck? And then get into a whole conversation with them. And it's a pl- much more pleasant experience. <laughs> it's, it's funny because we were talking about COVID and pre-post-pandemic life. I'm looking forward to a future where I can be deck checked at TSA again. Like I'm seriously, like I've, I've missed that. I haven't had that in, in a couple of years, you know? <laughs> I haven't had that experience yet because I haven't ever traveled with a deck of magic cards. Mm-hmm. Like I've had a box of product, you know, you know, if, if I carried it back from an event or something, but never a full deck. And I always hear these stories about, you know, people having their bags ripped open to check what these yeah. cards are. And if the people look through them like, oh, yeah, yeah. I know this deck kind of thing. It's really <laughs> well, I, I read those horror stories and I, I believe those stories are real. Like I read them when I like one of those stories is in my mind, like the last time I got deck checked at the at customs. And I just mm-hmm. decided to go full proactive. Like I just started taking out my deck and I just, I just took out all the cards and I was like trying to show the agent like, here, this is this card does this, this card does that, and and here's the here's the tokens, here's the life counters. Basically, just try to like be super proactive so they wouldn't be riffling through it themselves. And it actually kind of worked. Yeah. And then I was like trying to tell the agent like this is what the color red does, this is what this is the black color. Like I have skeletons. <laughs> and then he got really annoyed and just said, okay, you can go. So that's actually yeah. a, that's just a tip for anybody that you know just just be proactive. Just, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. So getting okay, back on topic here. <laughs> What I am wondering about is the question I'm going to ask you is obviously going to be flawed because people are watching Elder Dragon ED hijinks because you're alias V. But if you had to start over again with all the skills and knowledge that you have, would you have just picked YouTube from day one as opposed to Twitch? Or do you think it's not so cut and dry? I think for produced content, YouTube is hands down the place to be. You know, I know there's a bunch of other platforms on the rise, like TikTok is pretty crazy in terms of its growth and popularity. Um, But yeah, you know, YouTube is tried and trusted. It's been around for, I don't know, how many years? 20 at this point, maybe? Yeah, it's never going to go away. It's, yeah, super Yeah, it's it's not going to go away. Like, there are ridiculous stats about how many videos are produced every single day. And, you know... In terms of discoverability, like YouTube is far and away superior to any other platform. Uh, Twitch, you know, they're currently the favorite option for live streaming content, but with a bunch of recent changes that they're trying to make to payout splits, that might change. Like if YouTube got their act together uh, and fixed their user interface and a few other niceties, I'm pretty sure a bunch of streamers would leave Twitch to go and do live content on YouTube. Yeah. I mean, the live experience on YouTube look, looks pretty good for me, like as a, as a viewer, right? It's essentially just, I, I can't really speak for how, how, what the experience is like for a streamer, but like from a viewing perspective, it's pretty, it's pretty seamless. Like it's all there. It's yeah. got the chat and you, it's, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. They've introduced a lot of features that people that are comfortable with Twitch were missing on YouTube. 
Um, one of the big streamers that I watched moved over recently, and that was the only reason I figured out how to find the live stream on YouTube. Otherwise, it's very difficult. <laughs> Where it's like, okay, cool, Dr. Lupo, hi. All right, let me click on your, oh, okay. All right, oh, there's chat, and I can do like the bits, you know, the cheering thing that Twitch has, mm -hmm. and super thanks or whatever the heck it's called, and, mm -hmm. you know. So it's it's a learning, it's an adjustment. You know, people don't really like change. They stick with what they're comfortable with. But yeah, it's definitely, you know, option B if things go south at Twitch. <laughs> yeah. I mean, is there, do you think there could have been an alternate timeline where like you just made YouTube videos for Gwent and that just like carried you um, all the way? <laughs> I mean, assuming that Gwent, you know, in that alternate timeline, like Gwent still continued to yeah. be successful and all that. Yeah, I mean, Gwent has always a bit of a been a funny one. Like, obviously, I am very grateful that I found the game because that is what got me into card games. That's how I met uh, Merchant, who was a former member of my team. That's how I heard about the Magic the Gathering Arena beta. You know, like, that is literally what got me where I am, pretty much, is because I found a card game in The Witcher 3, and I started streaming it, and I was like, hey, this is cool. And then things just kind of snowballed from there, so... I don't know if Gwent ever reached the level of popularity that things like Hearthstone and Magic have in terms of stuff to watch on YouTube. So yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if I, if it would have ever happened. And also, I, I was very stubborn when I started streaming. I was like, ah, YouTube, no, I don't have time for that. I just want to be live all the time, hanging out with people and getting all the numbers and I'm pretty sure I told you three years ago, I was like, yes, numbers must yep. keep them going up. Up into yada, the right. Yada, yada. Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember that. I remember that conversation. And uh, <laughs> is it also just, um, I mean, your move to YouTube and is it also just a statement on the way things are at Twitch? Because it's not like I haven't been following Twitch over the years either. I mean, obviously it's a hugely successful, ubiquitous platform, but is there anything that, you want to say maybe about how Twitch has been for streamers and, and maybe is it like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's sort of interesting to me, at least externally, it's like, you see YouTube is still rising and Twitch is rising, but maybe it's not as rapidly as it was in the past. Like, I don't know if you can comment on that a bit. I mean, the one thing that a lot of people saw is when the pandemic started, there were a bunch more people stuck at home and bored. So viewership for the most part increased over a lot of channels. Um, in terms of discoverability for like new streamers though, it's still pretty rough to get into the right place at the right time. You know, like you have to be very clever about which directory you choose. You have to do a lot of networking. You have to do so much stuff just to get over like the 10 viewer threshold when you start out. And there's a bunch of, you know, how to's and tips and tricks and whatever on YouTube obviously, uh, about how to become successful on Twitch. Now, sure, that'll work for some, but definitely not everyone. So yeah, you know, the people who are already established at this point or when the pandemic hit, they would have seen a spike in, in their viewership. But now that people are, you know, going back to work, it's dipping off and dropping again. And the one thing that I've, I've come to appreciate about YouTube is that whatever you upload is there forever and always, as long as you don't take it down. Whereas with Twitch, I don't think too many people watch the VODs. You know, they'll tune yeah. in when someone's live and then they'll kind of just go away after a while. So the nice thing about YouTube is that 
you're earning even when you're not live, yeah. which is ideal for like my situation now where I don't have eight to 12 hours of energy to stream on Twitch. You know, my numbers have tanked quite a bit since we moved because I basically took a month off to move, unpack. My parents arrived. Sure, I got a couple streams in here and there, but like mm-hmm. it was definitely not anywhere near the the, the numbers and the, the, mm-hmm. the metrics that I'd had previously. Mm-hmm. And that was also one of the big reasons why I wanted to get a YouTube show going and successful mm-hmm. um, so that I can like slowly make a transition away from live streaming mm-hmm. uh, and hopefully like keep my income levels the same, you know, even yeah. it out that way. It's kind of like an active versus passive income situation, yeah. right? Because the, the YouTube yeah. videos, as you said, they live on forever. As long as YouTube doesn't take it down, you're, you're not doing anything crazy <laughs> there. Uh, you know, you're monetizing, and with Twitch or live stuff, you just always have to be on. And I always felt interesting. Mm-hmm. And I always felt find, found it interesting that Twitch never really developed just a YouTube-like product where you could literally just go and browse and look at VODs all day. Like, I know you can get them, but they're not. It doesn't load as quickly. You have to like, it doesn't mm-hmm. automate some of that into clips. And, you know, people have to clip themselves. It's just like... As a product person who builds software, I just find like that's kind of a missed opportunity. Like there could have just been a world where Twitch just created a VOD viewer that's just like you just go yeah. to go to, I don't know, some other URL and you just watch everything as if it was YouTube. Like what there's nothing stopping them from doing that, basically. Yeah, but I also think it's a it's a matter of preference because whatever you well, I yeah, suppose it's if a strategic people uploaded, thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. If people uploaded or if it was, if Twitch basically became YouTube version two or YouTube light, whatever, like, you know, content creators could upload, produce content on there. Um, Cause yeah, like there's a, there's an appeal to watching someone live where you can interact with them and react real time to what's happening. Uh, but there's also an appeal to watching something like a speed run that took an, uh, 20 minutes, cut down to two minutes being like, cool, done. Yeah, it's just, I guess it's just a preference and how much time you have to consume that content. Yeah. It's also kind of a, depending on, it also depends on the talent. I think for you, you're actually really good at the live stuff. Like, you know, I talked to uh, Luca Van Duen, a legend VD, who is like, he's totally off live because he just likes having full control over his videos who are, that are just mm-hmm. meticulously produced, right? It just looks like, <laughs> you know, he spends like hours just trying to get that, like, two seconds of transition, right? Which is actually a cool thing. And it's probably what you would do if you had unlimited time, I'm sure, uh, you know, <laughs> but but you're also just a really good performer live. Like I've, I've watched you sing, like do the voices <laughs> and you have good, even even a few days ago when you went off on, on your Twitch stream, like like you're just very good at performing. And I just, I just fear that if you go fully into YouTube, you kind of lose that talent or the ability to showcase that, you know? Yeah, no, look, I'm never going to go fully off of, of, off of Twitch because the live engagement with the audience is one of the appeals for me uh, being on Twitch. You know, I love my community there. I'm never just going to up and leave them. I might be absent a little more throughout the week, but yeah, like I, I have a really good little corner of the internet there and I want to foster that and keep it growing and, and whatnot, but I'm just not as obsessed with that, you know, like... Yeah, I, I, I'm not putting all my eggs in one basket like I used to. I'm diversifying and I'm trying new things. And I think that's you know part of 
the content creator growth cycle or whatever is just adapt, figure out where the best time can or the best uh, places to spend your time and that sort of stuff. So, yeah, you know, like I, I don't think I'll ever lose the... <laughs> the flair or the performance type thing. You know, I get to do that on commentary. I get to do it on Twitch. I get to do that in stupid little videos I might record at home. Um, I've always been a performer and <laughs> secretly wanted to be an actress when I was a child. I'm like, yes, I'm going to be in the movies. I'm going to win an Oscar. No, dear, you sit down and do something more realistic. <laughs> but then I realized, hey, you make more money in post-production and behind yeah. the camera. So let's do that instead. Mm -hmm. I guess I am quite driven by money. <laughs> I go where I can make more. <laughs> hey, I mean, you need you need a uh, you need financial situation. You need thing. You need you need yeah. resources to fund the house, the baby, the lifestyle, yep. right? So yep. that's Feed nothing wrong pets. with that. <laughs> Feed your pets. It's very that's very important. Um, yeah. Well, I'm I'm glad. I mean, it's not like you know a conversation with me is gonna like make you stop streaming or anything. I, I wasn't wasn't trying to imply that. You know, it's just I'm just saying I'm a big fan of. Uh, kind of breaking the fourth wall. I'm a fan of what you do, right? And I think everything Thank you've you. done, it just feels like there's a kind of um, intentionality behind it. Because I, I, I think, I think it's it's like success comes with intentionality. Like if you don't plan ahead, uh, of course you get punched in the face and the plan changes. <laughs> but but um, you have to have a plan, and it feels like you're yeah. just taking like good steps into where you you want to be. So I'm very um, I'm very, uh, I don't want to say jealous, but I'm very envious of that. Like it's, it's good. So. <laughs> now, one thing, one thing I've always been is, uh, very stubborn. So when it's come to something I've wanted, I put my head down and I go, and if I have to bash my head through or against several brick walls, then I will do it. You know, like that's how I've been in school with you know playing sports making provincial teams that's how i've been with my grades saying like i want to get eight distinctions or whatever it was at the end of the trick uh you know i want to move to canada and you know i did that i want to work on an oscar nominated film or winning film i did that you know i want to go full time i did that so basically i just have to say i want to and then want to do it enough to get it done so yeah. So what's the what's the big goal on the horizon? What's what's the what's the one that's still not off the the bucket list? <laughs> well, my bucket list is a little silly. Um, I have some dumb stuff on there, like you know, meet Pink, the singer, because she's my idol and I love her. But that might require breaking and entering on her property because I don't know how else <laughs> I would do it otherwise. Let's not do that. Let don't do bad things. Don't no. don't become a stalker, no please. Yeah. No. <laughs> um. I don't know. Like, I haven't actually thought that far. I've been so preoccupied with everything that's happening now. I honestly haven't looked ahead to be like, okay, where do I want to be in a couple of years time? I know I want to have a healthy, happy baby boy uh, who likes my animals and grows up to like the things that I do, hopefully. <laughs> so we could play commander together one day when he knows how to read and hold cards and not squash them. Um, yep. You know, I just, yeah, I want to pay off my car and my house and get my parents to move out of South Africa, you know, get to where the kids and the grandkids are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just keep, keep commentating, learn new skills, learn new formats. Um, yeah. I just want to just keep doing stuff. Just enjoy it. You know? I just want to keep enjoying life so far. So good. I feel like you're, uh, 
like obviously there's everybody always has like big plans but i think for now you're understandably just trying to focus on the things that you that are like you're juggling right now and that's that's yeah. more than enough right so it's like i'm not trying yeah. to imply that uh you know you're missing out on some sort of big grandiose plan because like everything <laughs> things happen for a reason but you, for now yeah. you're just like trying to 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 maximize what what you have to work with so yeah and also like when i was young i had as you said, as you mentioned grandiose ideas like i was convinced one day i was going to win an oscar and after a while i just realized oh, that's not the be all and end all it's a shiny gold naked man it's a bunch of rich people giving other rich people gold statues basically mm. at the end of the day um mm. And yeah, you know, your, your passions and your objectives change in life and that's totally fine. You know, you could be set one day absolutely on doing thing X and then you wake up two weeks later and you're like, I don't care about that anymore. I want to do that. And that's fine. You know, nothing's stopping you. Like if you want to get something done, go do it. Yeah. Find a way. Are you still happening following all the goings on in the uh, film industry and the Academy Awards and all that stuff? Yeah, I follow it, but nowhere near as religiously as I used to. I mean, I used to wake up at like 3 a.m. in the morning in South Africa to watch the Oscars live. Wow. Because I hated having them spoiled. I hated it. Oh, it was yeah, nobody worst. ever like, does no. a spoiler alert for the winners, eh? It's just like, no. it's just, no, they just tell you. Don't. You know, and the time zone difference made it rough, but like I was committed. I was like, yeah, I'm going to watch. I'm going to see who wins. But now I couldn't even tell you who won the last best picture, honestly. It's just like, meh, I don't really care right now. That's, uh, I still enjoy, you know, TV and movies and stuff, but I'm nowhere near as obsessed with it as I used to be. It's also hard, right? I think that's the great paradox of content creation is that the more content you create, the less time you have to actually consume content. So it's like, exactly, it, it, you know, um, you're not totally uh, detached from it, but it's just like, I, who has time to watch 10 hours of Netflix. Like I just, I just can't even do that. Or if I binge watch, it's like after three hours, I, I, I tell my partner, my wife, it's like, I have to stop. Like I, I can't, I can't just veg out. Like I got to go do something. I got to go produce this thing. <laughs> I got to work. You know, I don't know if that's how you are, but it's just, that's just how I am. You know? Yeah. 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 No, I, I get, uh, I get antsy if I'm not doing something productive. But also I have days where I just want to blob on the couch and do absolutely nothing and watch a cooking show or another reality thing. That's just complete and utter crap, but it's just, it just gets my mind off stuff, you know, especially if I've had a bad week or something and then I will hundred percent veg on the couch with my pets, just in a nice cuddle puddle, watching some crap on TV. Yeah. And that, that's, that's totally fine by me. Yes. But otherwise I'm like, yeah, no, I've got to be doing something. I can't just sit I can't just relax. What is this relaxing? I don't know what this is. <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned a bit about uh, in your in your grandiose, oh, not my words, not yours, but in your grandiose plan, like commentary, right? So um, you have been very public in in, in doing commentate commentary work for for Magic over the past couple of years. Is, is that still continuing? Like I have no idea if. Uh, what magic commentary is even going to be with the the new pro tours and and whatnot so maybe it's an unfair question but do you have any insight into that or maybe just doing like third-party commentary um i don't know how much i'm allowed to say but i'll keep it vague but yes commentary will continue uh it is shifting to tabletop for most of the wizards covered events uh for like the regionals or yeah. whatever it's that's 
being done by the third party vendors, uh, like DreamHack, like they'll do commentary however they right, want to yeah, do DreamHack. it. They'll yeah, yeah. play on whichever format they want to. Um, but yeah, so for me, uh, I need to learn new formats. So I'm going to be playing a bunch more Pioneer, uh, Explorer, if that's going to be a thing for Arena. And yeah, just uh, keeping up with it as much as I can. And I've never cast a tabletop event, so that's going to be a new challenge for me. It's like, what is that tiny little thing over there? So you know that meme where the guy's looking at the piece of paper and it's like, what is that? Yeah. Yeah, that's how <laughs> I'm going to be a lot of the time. It's like, please, please shoot an 8K. Yes. with the biggest TVs you can, and yes. we'll be fine. Yes. <laughs> they need to also give you a personal assistant that will zoom into any any uh, any image, any spot on the oh. screen on request yeah, just for ELSV. Yeah. <laughs> I have been spoiled with Arena. It is a lot easier, well, when the player's connections aren't crap. It's a lot easier seeing what's going on there for sure. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, adapt, mm-hmm. improvise, we'll figure it out. <laughs> what are, like, some learnings you've had over the years from doing commentary? Because you're definitely, I mean, doing anything for such a long time, you're definitely not the same person as you were when you got started. <laughs> I'm actually a little terrified to go back and watch my first commentary uh, at the Mythic Invitationals in 2019. 13, it's okay. You don't have to go back know. and watch that. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think I'd want to. I might just like, you know, cringe the whole time. But, you know, I, I certainly think I've gotten a lot more confident. Um, one thing I need to, or I want to work on for myself is, I don't say my charisma, but just being able to go off and talk about something. You know, you look at Maria and Riley and Mani, those three are just, they are motor mouths. They can talk forever and ever. And that's a good thing, you know? And I asked Maria about it. I'm like, hey, you do, uh, you do improv, right? And you've got any tips for me? <laughs> so you know, that's something I want to improve on just so that I can string together a, a sequence of thoughts and not get stuck or stumble or use the crutch words like the um and the ah and the, well, you know, that sort of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Commentary always, feel, always feels to me like such a tough job because it's just you have to constantly fill the dead air with something. Yeah. And you have to always be on to an extent that is even greater than just streaming because at least streaming, you can just, you know, be quiet for a while and just play your game and, and you know, let the chat do their thing. Honestly, I don't know how they do it or how you do it because I've I've done it. I did commentary maybe once or twice and I just don't want to do it again. It's just like <laughs> I just don't I'm just I'm just like pro control. Like I like that's probably why I don't stream. Like I I like doing this. I like I like having some some say over my <laughs> destiny or how I'm perceived, you know. So, it's hard. No, no, that's totally fair. And the one thing that is definitely helpful is, you know, having a a partner that's in sync with you. Yeah, in the booth. So you can end your thought. They pick it up. They go with it. Toss it back to you. You go with it. So at the end of the day, it's just this lovely little ping pong match and knowing when to get out of each other's way and when to take the reins from them, you know, that sort of thing. So yeah, it's certainly, it's a lot tougher flying solo, commentating solo. Like if someone drops out of the call because we're doing stuff remote or someone passes out next to you. That's never happened. But <laughs> if that's the case, you just got to keep going. You got to keep talking. <laughs> right. Right. It's just like um, your co-pilot's not there. It's like now I have to fly the plane on my own. And it's it's a lot yeah, of uh, a lot of responsibility. So <laughs> I guess uh, we should talk about it because we're talking about commentary, we're talking about magic, like, um, you know, arena itself. Uh, I'm sure you've had... Uh, 
lots of things to say over the years, weeks, months, <laughs> uh, however time frame you want to define. But like, how, what are your thoughts about Arena? What are your thoughts about how things are going forward that you're allowed to say? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the, the commentary side of things and the Arena side of things, they're completely two different teams. So I, I, <laughs> yeah. I don't know what's happening behind the scenes with Arena. And I wish they would tell us before they did certain things. Like Alchemy, for example. I really don't like the format. I've never been a fan of the idea of digital magic. Some people like it, sure, but oof, it's not for me. Um, it's fun to watch some of the games, like the last uh, event we did. It was very enjoyable, very diverse metagame. Um, but you know, the format itself, meh, not a fan. I like that they've added Explorer in now, that it's going to become Pioneer Light, essentially. I wish they would just bite the bullet though and be like okay everything that's an mtgo we're gonna bring to arena or somehow smoosh the two together and just have one big happy utopia for every magic player who wants to play online ever this is wishful thinking i am not that naive to think that this is something that will happen but hey a girl could dream i just wish that they would you know just commit like Pioneer has been in the works for so long. They keep saying soon, soon, soon. It's like, just give it to us now. Come on, just put the cards in and just go with it. But instead, like sometimes it feels like they're just wasting their time doing silly things like changing the, the, the deck stat screen where, okay, they fixed it now because everyone freaked out about it. We're like, you don't need a massive avatar. You don't need a massive deck box. Mm -hmm. You don't need a massive sleeves right. thing. And then this tiny Cosmetic thing things. on the left. Yeah. yeah, it's like, what's, why? Like, they're doing so many things that nobody's asked for. Uh, so, yeah, I just, I had a big old rant about this the other day, and someone was like, wow, you really hate the game. And I said, no, <laughs> no, I it's love the game. It's because we care. It's because we want to yes, make it better. it's because we care. And you care, you're critical about the things you care about because you want them to be better so that everybody enjoys them and will come and play, you know? That's that's just what I want. Like, uh, Arena is the thing that got me into paper magic. That's the thing that got me into commentary, for Pete's sake. So I love the game. I want it to do well. I'm mm -hmm. just, I don't know what they're doing or what they're thinking half the time. And that concerns me. You know, I, I, I want them to ask content creators, like, or not just, not just content creators, but like, you know, those surveys they send out where they ask you, how much money did you spend on this? Like, who gives a crap? Excuse my language. But, you know. I mean, they don't even have to ask like people because they have they probably can just generate that because they have the back end. Yeah. So they should be able to just yeah. know, right? <laughs> you probably know. You probably know already. You're making a lot of money. This is your third year, like record profits, et cetera, et cetera, which is great. Cool. I'm very happy that the game is doing so well in certain areas, but it could certainly step up its game in others, you know, mm. like hire more, hire more people, get a bigger team behind this, like commit to it. Because it just feels like they, they had this golden opportunity and it kind of just went whoop mm. off into the sunset. Mm -hmm. And you know, and then I, they've given up on the esports side of things. Like, that's fine. You know, go back to tabletop. People love tabletop. We can deal with that. But like for the most part, like people competing yeah. in little tournaments, like uh, community tournaments and stuff, that's all going to be online. It's all going to be remote. Like yeah. a lot of the players who have competed or even won a lot of these past events during COVID would never have even done so if it was a tabletop thing, you know, in a perfect world where COVID didn't exist because of travel restrictions and stuff. So it has opened so many doors and opportunities for players who wouldn't otherwise have gotten in. 
like uh, who was it, Noriyuki Mori, I think, only ever played arena and got himself like close to or into the world championship. I can't remember off the top of my head, but like, it's just crazy. It's just crazy to think that there's so much potential there, but I feel like they're letting it slip and that concerns me. And I want them, I want them to, to give it a good proper go. Just be like, right, let's just throw all of our resources at it and see what happens. <laughs> just, just don't go halfway into things. It's like, you know, give yeah. us pioneer. Don't give us explorer. Uh, yeah. If you wanted to give but, us alchemy or historic, like do a better job for the, you know, tens or hundreds of reasons that people have supplied to make it better. You know, don't yeah, and fix rationalize the wild card things. Yeah. Fix the wildcard situation. By the way, shout out to uh, Prof. His latest uh, video <laughs> was hilarious. Was hilarious. That was very it meta. Was. Um, mm. But like, introduce <laughs> dusting. Don't get. Don't give us these narratives or ex- rationalizations about why we shouldn't have that. And then, and then, sort of just basically slap players in the face the next week by introducing something else, which is uh, incredibly unpopular. Um, like, just just commit. Just commit to it. Yeah. Like. You know, just don't go halfway. Just commit. Um, yeah. I was actually talking to Legend VD, and he got to start playing um, Duels of the Planeswalkers. And I never played Duels of the Planeswalkers because I started with, you know, Paper Magic. And yeah. I heard him talk about all the stuff in there. And it's like, they just scrapped all that to make Arena. And it's just like, that was really cool. Like, they had puzzles. They had, like, actually working ai like if someone scooped a match like the ai would continue playing so you could actually still execute your cool combo that you wanted to do like there's like so many cool things that are targeted for non-esports um quote unquote for non-competitive players that they could bring back right because you don't have to be all esports now like you could make arena something that's fun for commander players like by the way just bring commander into mm. arena like just just yes please. you know we didn't we didn't want brawl just just give us to give us commander right just just yeah. give us a cool client so alias v and olivia can record <laughs> you know in there right it's like just just, <laughs> just do things right you know it's um yeah yeah anyway i'm i'm speaking to the choir here so <laughs> yeah you don't have to convince me uh hopefully hopefully they'll get the the message if they haven't already gotten it very loudly and very aggressively in certain instances but also dear friends don't be rude to wizards employees on social media it won't get you anywhere mm-hmm. <laughs> please they're just people they're working within their limitations and hopefully those are expanded so they can do the thing they want to do i hear that there's actually a lot of great wizards employees whom i interface with and yeah don't 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 shoot the messenger right like just yeah just, you know be be civil yeah yeah, yeah. be civil and you will be heard <laughs> so alias v last question where can people mm-hmm. find you on social or wherever it is that you would like to be found uh, usually i tell everyone you can easily google me if you know how to spell my name uh, because as far as i can tell i'm the only Ailey loney in the world so there's one way you can do it Otherwise, twitch.tv, I am alias V there. You can check me out on YouTube, alias V EDH. Uh, might change that to Elder Dragon Hijinks soon. We'll see about that. Uh, on Twitter, just look for alias V. You'll find me there too. And if you like cat pictures, well, my Instagram has many and dog pictures too. 
go check it out. Alias V on Twitch is my Instagram handle. Thank you so much, Alias V. It's been a pleasure, a, a real pleasure catching up with you today. Yeah, no, it was awesome. Good to chat to you. And I, I hope that we can do this again, maybe in another two, let's say one year, two years, maybe. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of Humans of Magic. To support the show, visit humansofmagic.com, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at humansofmagic, and you can also consider supporting us at patreon.com slash humansofmagic. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.